0: Friends, welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. John Eldridge this week in the studio with Morgan Snyder and a couple of guests, a couple guys that we're excited to introduce you to. We've got our friends Pablo and Grant in the studio with us this week. These guys have journeyed with us for a while and particularly through the experience that we call the intensive, the Become Good Soil intensive uh, that Morgan leads here once a year at Ransomed Heart. It's an experience, as we've explained to you, that's built around a young man's journey, kind of in, you know, into the early 30s, into young adulthood, a transformational experience, uh, a mentoring experience. And what I want to ask you guys is, so prior to getting into this message, prior to you know kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, What was your internal world like as a young man? You know, late twenties, early Mm thirties, just married, just beginning to have kids, just building career. Describe what that's like for you. What was that? What were those years? What were your questions? What was your internal world?
1: Oh my goodness! Um, Thank you, John. My name is Pablo. I, I guess my life was probably summarized. With the phrase that I am on my own and that I have no clue how to handle life. This is my internal reality. It's not what I describe to my wife or to my friends or to the people around me. I'm a great poser. I'm smiling. I know how to handle my life, but internally, uh, I don't know how to, uh, my finances, how to handle my wife's heart. I have more questions than I have answers. There is also this profound shame around it. If people knew that this is my internal reality, they would probably reject me. I would be cast out. I would not have access to being loved and to belong and to have a community. And so there was a lot of shame internally and then fear of what's life going to throw my way that I'm probably not going to know how to handle it. That was probably the internal world before the intensive, my young years. Yeah. When I got married and when I began having kids.
0: And you have, you have a family.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm, I've been married for 70 years, 17 years now with uh, my beautiful princess, Juanita. And then I have two amazing boys, a seven-year-old, Mateo, and a two-year-old, Lucas. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So in those early years that you were just describing, in, in, in the internal world, and then you felt compelled to basically hide all that.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: In your external world. Right. So.
1: Even to my wife. She okay. didn't know of this internal world because- my assumption is everyone else knows how to handle life. This is just, I'm the one blowing it. Oh, this is all up to me. And if if this gets exposed, what's going to happen, right? This sort of belief that there's something fundamentally wrong with me. That if it gets exposed, I'm toast. I'm I'm fried. Life is going to I'm die. I'm going to die. Yeah. it feels like that. Yeah,
0: it does. Yeah. I remember that very well hmm. personally. Yep. That that is a very accurate description of what. My reality mm. was like in my early 30s. Mm. Yeah. Dear God, <laughs> yeah. don't let anyone know yeah. that I'm terrified inside. Mm. Right, hide it, fake it, do your best.
2: Yep. Right, fake it till you make it. Right,
0: yep. and 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 then just that sense of drowning in inadequacy. Yeah. You know, more questions than answers. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh gosh. Mm. And Grant, what about you? What what was that like? Can you describe the yeah. internal years?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it was a little bit more of just like a fog and not knowing. Then I got married to my beautiful wife, Allison, at 22. And we had our first kid at 23, which wow. was five years ahead of our original plan. And um, I mean, praise the Lord now, but holy cow getting, you know, right out of that. And then we had, um, went into grad school and then right as we decided to get, you know, wait another year for kiddo number two, we found out that next day that we were pregnant again. So now we have three beautiful kids. Um, One's 10. um, So I'm 34 now with a 10-year-old, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. And so it was it was a lot of questions. And I grew up with what I thought was confidence at that point. But because I grew up kind of confident and kind of a natural leader, people didn't think that I needed any instruction. And so I always grew up not knowing how to ask. And so I think for me, my young twenties, I didn't even know what questions to ask. Like there's just, you know, a storm going on and like, oh, now I'm married and now I have kids. And, you know, like, you know, a lot of health things in our family. But I didn't I didn't know how to ask. I didn't I didn't know how to come under anybody else. And so for me, you know, I don't know if I like I kind of know knew sure that the poser was there, but I didn't know no. Like I didn't know what I was missing. So that was kind of my You
0: got thrown into the deep end of the pool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep. And I thought I was love I mean, like, okay, cool, I can swim. Here we go. But you like know? wow. Yeah. The reality of what the deep end meant slowly but surely continued to snowball and snowball until I realized that, wow, like a minute, but I still didn't have, you know, and and for me, my primary style of relating is like a move towards. And so, okay, well, I'm okay. Right. Like I'm okay. Right. Are you okay? I'm okay. Like I'll, I'll be the one to change in all of this life, not even knowing how it, you know, to stand up for my family, how to fight for, you know, so just a lot of, um, yeah, mostly confusion.
0: Yeah. And Morgs, I'm going to toss this question to you because this is the genesis yes. of the Become Good Soil project right. and the intensive, and then your writing on it, right your podcast, all of it, because you were exactly in that condition,
2: Absolutely. Right? I think it came out of a desire and out of the pain, right? You guys are naming the pain. I think if I could use three words to sum up what my soul was feeling at that time was make it happen. Make it happen. And I, I couldn't have named it probably well then, but for me, it really started when I got married. So you have this external change where you're in the big leagues now, right? This is the pros. You have this wife. You can't throw a flag, you can't stop the clock. It's all real time, live ammo. And maybe an unnamed fear hmm. of can I really do this well? Can I be a good man? And back then, I remember I was walking with God, and I wanted to be a really good man. But as I look back, Pablo, as you named somewhat, um, it was such a fatherless view of Mm -hmm. reality. It was a life is up to me. Make it happen. Don't screw up. There's no grace. Mm -hmm. There's no um, process. Mm -hmm. What I thought was arriving, I came now um, over a decade to believe it was just the beginning of what we would name as apprenticeship or initiation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you started asking questions. I did. I
2: did. I started with God. I said, God, like I'm 30 and I can feel the inner um, tumultuousness. I could feel the tension of outside trying to be a good man. But as you guys are naming, there's these inward things. They're incongruities I can't hold it together, feeling pressure around career, pressure around my marriage, pressure around kids. And, and so I said, God, like, how do you live in this decade? I, I could feel some transition happen. I couldn't even name what it was, but life was different now. And he was silent for some time. And then as I really stayed with the question, I sensed God saying, that's the right question. Hmm. Find older men. Hmm seat yourself under the care and connection of men who are in front of you in the journey. Mm. And so I began a process, which I had no idea would lead us to this day, but it was now over a decade ago where I sought out the oldest men I knew that I respected. And I just began asking, what are the questions I should be asking? Mm -hmm. What is life about? What is the orientation? What are the pitfalls? And what is the mission of a man as he moves through through his 30s and 40s? Mm -hmm. And it started with a handful of guys, and it got close to about 75 men when it was all said and done in some form or another. Conversations over two years. And what I began to experience was a recovery of an ancient path. It was nothing new. It was simply a recovery of Jeremiah 6.16, where it says to... Find the ancient path, the tried and true path where you will find rest for your soul. Mm -hmm. And so I think, John, what I encountered was nothing new but a recovered truth that there is a way to live. And it was nothing of what the world says to do in the stage of, of being a, a young man maturing and nothing of what I thought it was. It was a paradox at every turn.
0: Yeah, it sure is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How did you guys find the intensive? What was your doorway into this experience?
1: I think for me, it was first, my heart was hungry and thirsty for more. And I had attended a boot camp or two maybe at the time. And I would go back to the website, to the Ransom Heart website, and search for additional resources and go read the next book, and I I could sense my heart wanting more. And um, I think right now that what was happening was my heart reacting to God's invitation. Mm. He was pulling, he was Mm. wooing, he was saying, come son, there is more, there is more. And my, my heart responding to that was going to the place where I could find content and resources that would lead me to life. And in browsing through the site, I came across I, probably a not very well publicized page on Morgan's blog talking about this intent. What, what is this? Men that believe and know that they are called to be world changers and to be in the company of sages. And like, what what is this? What is this? What do I have to do to be part of this? Yes. And so I ended up applying and praying my heart out to God. Jesus, please come. <laughs> The, I want to be part of this. Yes. I want this experience. If this could be true, yeah, would you open the door for me to experience it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And when did you come? What was uh, your year?
1: 2014. Then I had the privilege to come back the following year. And uh, so I did two in a row. And oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. What's oh my goodness?
1: It <laughs> transformed my life. Obviously, that sounds like a huge sentence for a, a retreat. It was the doorway into a new way of life. I had received a lot of restoration through boot camp and advanced, uh, but this opened the door for me to learn to walk intimately with my father Mm. as a son Mm. into a process of becoming the kind of person that he wanted me to, to become, the kind of person that he created me to be before the foundation of the world, to understand my true place, my identity as his son his heart for me as a father. The fact that I can count on him on a daily basis, Mm. that is not this distant fatherly figure sitting on a throne and giving me just good luck, (laughs) handle that, right? Good luck doing life on your own, but that he's available to me that I can walk with him. Anyway, I could go on and on. It has changed my life. It has changed my life.
0: So you're sitting in the intensive and what is the first big holy cow for you?
1: I guess the first one, and I don't think that it was a good holy cow. At the end of the first (laughs) session, I have to confess that I felt probably hatred towards Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I want to be a world changer. And I feel that I'm behind in every area of life. And finally, I found the way to get ahead and to Mm. catch up with the place where everyone else seems to be at, building these beautiful companies and kingdoms and success and the image of life. And I want that. Yeah. And finally, I got to the place where I'm going to receive some of that <laughs> from me. And Morgan's invitation, the first session is, instead of building kingdoms, what would it look like for you to dedicate the next 10 years of your life to excavate and build character and become the kind of person that God can entrust power with, and what, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so not only didn't I get the tips, the techniques, the, the, the secret sauce, you're asking me to pause for 10 years, are you nuts? And, and so that was the first sort of revelation. But then through the, through the course of the weekend, obviously, that invitation is actually kindness, and is the only way to find true life, there is a process and the process works, it's, mm. right? There is a way mm. things work. You have yeah. taught us that well.
0: Marks, why do you start there? I think it's- um, why, why do you throw that curveball?
2: I used to not. I used to put that at the very, very end of the retreat because it felt like that's the only way that you're even ready to receive that. But over time, I realized there's a dignity of being treated like a man and treated like a son and saying, what is it that you really want? And here's where we're going. Is that what you want? Mm -hmm. It just feels like the Father's heart because it's in love and truth, right? The love is, I want life for you. What I have come to learn, John, is that it's God's passion, his purpose, his pleasure that we would become the kind of men whom he can trust with his kingdom. It's mm. what he's about. Mm. And so it's his heart for us. But there is a way things work. And so I think I begin with the reality of, guys, here's the data. You know, you see it. Look in the news. Look in your own story. Look at your father. Look at your coaches. Look and what we often find. And you are the one to mentor me in all of this, that we find men who, who can't handle power. Yeah. And so their power becomes self-serving. And so the honesty is, I don't want to be that man. Mm-hmm. That's not what I truly want. And so it begins with saying, are you in for another way? It's a, you, you have to take the pill before you know what's beyond the uncertainty.
0: Okay, gang. Listeners, if you've been tracking with us over the last couple of months, you know we did a series on the world— it was the World Series. <laughs> so much of what we were trying to to point out about the world that we live in, it is, it is convenience over everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Convenience is the goal, yes. right? I mean, I just bought a bag of beans the other night and it says you can microwave these in the bag. You don't even have to take these out of the bag. <laughs> At this moment in history, we are trying to make everyone's life as absolutely convenient as we possibly mm. can, right? So, you know, you can you can download the app and when you check into your hotel you don't even need to go to the front desk anymore you can go straight to your door and use your phone to open your door you don't need to interact with other human beings mm. and then you can you know you can use the other app to get your starbucks order ready in the morning and just walk in and pick it up and right mm-hmm. okay convenience and you sit down in a room full of young guys who are hungry and full of questions and you're like yeah it's it's actually not about convenience that's mm-hmm. really that's really a horrible way to live right? right
2: right because the truth is in the what we've come to find out in the masculine journey is the process begins when you can become really honest with the question what's not working mm-hmm. 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 and until a man until i am willing to face the question of what's not working there simply is not an access point for God.
0: Okay, but. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But Grant, you're sitting in the intensive, what's your first holy cow moment? Like what, what was the disruptive piece or the enticing piece for mm-hmm.
3: you? You know, I think the most, disruptive and enticing was that I always felt like other, you know, kind of growing up like, okay, well, you know, got this kind of dialed in. Things seem to be going pretty well. Okay, I'm married. No one else is married yet. All my like colleagues are much older. So, wow, like, God, you must be doing something really wonderful. And, you know, here I am sitting around all these other men who are at the same decade Mm. with the same level of intensity that I know is part of my gifting, but also has gotten me into a lot of trouble. And hearing the same message was just like really Mm. disruptive of like, wow, I'm like right here. And this message actually is for me. I'm not an exception anymore. And there was a, there was almost a sense of like, um, maybe a little bit different than Pablo, but of like that first session and, and kind of tracking in life with Pablo, of course, he's like, Oh, here's some of the, you know, stuff we dig into the intensive and I'm like, "Mm, okay, that sounds good. But there was almost like this permission to just like, wow, like I actually don't have to hold the weight of all of this in my twenties that I've been holding on for so long. And holy cow, I am like feeling like I need to do this. And so a decade, while it's like super disruptive and like I've always been kind of a yes man, like sure, okay, like there's an open door. I guess God wants me to go through. Yes, 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 yes. And like just crushed is like um, one of the phrases that just like got burned into my soul was taking the lowest seat at the table until God makes it impossible for you to stay there was like so like, really and so i think it was john it was just so disruptive to like really wrestle with like what does that actually mean like saying no like i thought that Mm. to fight for my wife and to fight for this ministry and to be uh, my profession is as a counselor to fight for all my people like i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go and like wait i actually have to say no until God makes it impossible for me to stay there. And I think what's most disruptive of all of this, as I'm saying this, is I actually have to believe that the Father's plan is going to blow my mind Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. my own striving Mm -hmm. and pushing. And like, wow, if I say no, is God actually going to say yes to anything Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even remotely connects to my heart, Mm -hmm. much less makes it alive?
0: So why, why is what's not working the place to start? Why is that the, the doorway.
2: Yeah, John, I think there's several angles to respond to that. But what I think one of the themes that I found sitting with all of these sages, there were particulars kind of with my story, but they were universal themes that just surfaced, kind of these these truths. And one one of them was so many men access some desire that some dream, some passion. And something from God, some, some part of who God has made them to be. And then they run after it and it blows up. And the consequence is the man comes to some really harmful conclusions about God mm-hmm. and the goodness of his heart or about their own heart. Mm-hmm. When the reality is so often in the masculine journey, the desire... The revelation is meant to be a sort of fuel for the process of becoming. Mm-hmm. It's for the joy set before him he endures. The idea is so often we are given a revelation so that we can be sustained through the, the process mm. of becoming wholehearted, integrated, as we talk about ransomware all the time, and living in union with God. Because mm-hmm. to become to walk in that calling, it requires the integration of the masculine soul and a union with God out of the true self. And so I believe that we we must start with the pain and start with what's not working to get to if you really want to become Mm -hmm. who God made you to be, there simply is no other way other than contending with your story, Mm -hmm. with your brokenness, with the places of bondage and addiction. And it's out of wholeheartedness. You can do
0: it. Okay. I know, I know this is gold. I know this is gold, but there is something in human nature that just goes, wait, wait, what process? So here, here's yesterday our dog, uh, two weekends ago cut her paw Mm -hmm. out on something in the yard and it's Sunday. And so I've got to find the, you know, ER vet clinic. I can't wait till Monday. I got to go get this thing stitched up. takes out my whole Sunday. It's hundreds of dollars kind of thing. So I got to figure out what's going on in the yard that this dog has cut itself. And very clearly it, it, very quickly it became evident that it was the garden edging mm. had lost its little plastic covering, right? And then that stuff's like a razor blade and the dogs are running around out there. So I'm gonna take care of this. <laughs> Yesterday. I am gonna take care of this. Okay. So I buy a hundred feet of vinyl <laughs> garden edging cover, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna make this yard a safe place for the dogs to run around in. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I got about 10 minutes into it and I realized whoa this is going to take me a while mm-hmm. <laughs> like hang on a second I have, I have to wait a second. i I've got to clear away the weeds that have grown over this or I can't do that And I've got to move the leaves and I'm going to this thing you know and I've got to go along about a foot at a time mm-hmm. and I just thought no way I'm going to blast this out this is a 30 minute deal right I'm going to crank this thing out and get on with my day and the the shock that this is going to take mm-hmm. time And the immediate (laughs) irritation that surfaces of no, I don't want this to take time. So when you when you put out there, it is kind, it is kind to tell the world, look, convenience isn't the goal. There is a process. Mm -hmm. There's a process by which human beings become Human beings. There's a process by which sons and daughters of God become the sons and daughters of God, right? There is a process by which you God can entrust your dreams to come true, Mm -hmm. but He can't do that for you until you're able to handle them coming true, right? So there there Mm -hmm. is a process. Is true and it is kind to say that, but you immediately run up against something in human nature that does not dig that idea. So talk to me about process. How, how have you adapted to, even embraced, the idea that there's a process?
1: If you allow me to go back to maybe what happened after that first session, I had a time alone with God. And I am coming with this almost rage. I flew in, I spent this money to come to Colorado and take almost a week off. And what do you want me what do you want here, God? What do you want with me, God? And his answer was kind, was, How is it working, son? Mm. And then the question was ultimately, do you trust my heart for you? Mm. Do you trust that what I want for you is the life that I came to promise? Life to the full. Of course I do. Would you trust me in the how that actually can come to pass? Mm-hmm. And I realized with just that kindness of his question that I was trying to, sh- to, to bypass the process. I was trying to get to the end result, to the outcome really quickly Trying to skip, trying to take a shortcut. What do you mean, really
0: quickly? Mm -hmm. Like, how quickly? Like, right now. Like, I want to come back (laughs) after this retreat. (laughs) This weekend. And I
1: need the promotion. You have three days, Scott. Right, right right now. You need to transform it. I'm giving you these three days. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And that's the same question that he actually brings to me very regularly since that day. This very Saturday, Sunday. It was one of the warmest days, probably the warmest day in the, in, the, in the year here in Colorado so far. We were out with the family, I came back to the house and the house is 86 degrees inside. And we begin to sweat and the kids are like going nuts and what is going on? And now going back 10, 15 years ago, five years ago before the intensive, immediately my reaction would have been anguish and fear and what is going on and I don't know what to do the reaction, the, the the transformation, I guess the alternative is God coming back to the same question. Do you trust my heart? Mm. And we're going to have to change our plans for the weekend, and it may not be about the hike that you were thinking about, but you you have my back and you have what it takes. Can you do it as a son? Going down to the in, inspect the machines, open the AC and realizing that all the pipes are frozen. Here we go. Mm. I have no clue what this means, right? I came from a background where if something breaks, it stays broken because one, we don't have money to fix it. And two, we have no clue how to fix anything. Mm-hmm. That was you know, my yep. upbringing. But am I an orphan or am I a son? Can I walk with my father through this, right? And I'm a 41-year-old man. I should be able to take care of my house. But the internal boy in me says, help, wh- what do I do? So starting to do some research and receiving the kindness of God and learning the process to actually defrost the AC and then find the cause of the why it froze in the first place and then fixing it and doing all of these things. And in the process, what he's doing, again, processes, the process of fixing the house and for me to have mastery over my domain, but more importantly, who is the man that I am becoming and actually consenting to his invitation to go through the process. Mm. And then on the other end of that, seeing my wife smile and the kids playing, and mm. I, she didn't have to say anything. She's just her look at me and saying, I'm proud of you. Mm. Well done. This is my husband. He can take care of us. He yes. can take care of our house. Yeah. That was the absolute opposite from the fearful and shameful men who needed answers And didn't know what to do right in in the small things of life yeah consenting to the process and in that trusting the heart of god yeah i guess that my agreement the internal conversation was surrendering to god for some reason meant i will not get what i want i will not have the life that i want i'll have to submit unto resignation but then learning the opposite over the years that if i consent to the process what I get from God is way better than anything I could have dreamed. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, I think that the process,
3: I mean, I, I totally echo that. And so much of that is is so true in my life. And what's really coming up for me is, as we were driving down here, just thinking about this is a season of a lot of sadness and a lot of extreme joy and getting both of those. And so of just um, remembering. So for me, when you say, you know, talk to me about process, I think I really cling to the process as almost like a like a banner stuck in the ground and I'm holding on really strong in the midst of all of that and realizing that like, um, and just a quick little backstory, like right now, um, a lot of health things with my wife and um, just really can't, she can't get any sleep. And we're just like, you know, praying and the war, like just going through all the different streams and it's just been really tricky of like, okay, like God, in the midst of all of this, it's really not up to me. Right. Again, I can take that load off my shoulders and I'm just, I just know. And I, again, like what Pablo said is I can really consent to the process of being, more of the man that I need to be to do what your mission is, not necessarily what my, you know, kind of heart and my kind of go getter. And so it's, um, it's hard, you know, to like consent to that process. But I think there is a really beautiful freeing element of, of sonship and of really just being under like, okay, this is a process. It's a decade, right? You can't measure the day to day, right? You measure what I don't, I don't remember the quote exactly, but you measure live in the day you measure by the decade yep. or something mm-hmm. similar. Um, and it's so true that in even in the midst then of like the pain and the difficulty that we're going through as a family, even just on the drive down here of like, oh my gosh, like it's been three years and like I can't believe the acceleration of choosing this path even in the midst of all of this but in the day to day I'm like, well she didn't sleep again and what am I gonna do and did I really pray and is that my fault? like not, like easy, easy. take a breath. You're being formed, right? You're choosing sonship. You're choosing to again consenting the process and then actually looking back and like, wow, but if you look at like the three years, much less looking at the last ten years, I don't know. It's just the process is 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 beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to hard to trust sometimes. But um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it works. I mean it does work, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. I mean it's transformational. Mm-hmm. So listeners, we're talking about an experience, a retreat experienced offered here at Ransomed Heart called the Intensive offered here in Colorado. But these truths are applicable across the board. This is something for every human heart to wrestle with and every human soul to have to kind of do some honest business with about our commitment to convenience over process and and the core questions of you know what do i believe about god's heart toward me and what does it look like to live a life where i'm not the orphan mm-hmm. right uh, but i am a son or a daughter that are deeply loved deeply cared for and, and in a process of transformation morgan one of the one of the core ideas that not only got this going but has continued to shape your life and and shape your thinking was when Dallas uh, Willard said the only thing that God gets out of your life when it's all over and done is the person that you've become. That that's the only thing yes. you take into eternity. Yes, is the person that you've become. Why why is that so meaningful?
2: Yeah, John. It's it it has been a process of coming to that belief, but I think. You know, Lewis names it this way that he says that heaven and the restoration of all things is the consummation of our earthly discipleship. It's the consummation of our earthly apprenticeship. And I think the shift has been for me that you also, Dallas, and you, have formed so much in me is that all of the journey through this world is preparation for an eternal reality in God's kingdom to be who we were meant to be. That life has an end, and it's an eternal place in ruling, in bringing his heart and his personhood over realms. And, John, that shifts so much for me because an unnamed pressure is get it together together and come through in this world, right? Make life work, be successful, even if that is in good things, like I wanna be a successful husband or a successful father or have meaningful work. I mean, we were driving in your truck back from a hunting trip when we were kind of unpacking these ideas over a decade ago and you named kind of these three primary driving forces in the heart of a young man maturing. And it's something like make a little money, make a name for yourself and get something going. And I think most men on some level can experience their particular expression of those universal truths, right? And so I think, John, the the huge shift for me is it's not about make life work. It's not about succeed. But what if all of this life is preparation for an eternal role in an eternal reality? And the fruit of that is just, it's infinite in how it expresses itself. But the beauty of it is it's so practical here and now on this day in my parenting, Mm -hmm. in my marriage, in my relationships, in my mission.
0: Okay. Again, I'm cracking up because this is so countercultural. This is so utterly against the stream because, you know, back in the, the World Podcast thing that we were doing, there only is now. Now is you all there is, and I don't even mean next year. I mean now, now. Like ease my pain now, fix my life now, make my dreams come true now. There, there isn't even a a, a, a twenty year you know a framework for most people in their lives now. They have, they have no horizon. There's no horizon. It is only now, and this guy. It's sitting here saying, <laughs> no, guys, your life really fits within this larger tapestry of eternity, <laughs> and who you are becoming, and really much of the goodness is gonna be realized later. Grant, Pablo, react to that. Why, why has that actually become a source of relief to you? Hmm.
1: Well, it's removed the load on from my shoulders. A couple, maybe a story to frame that. Coming into that first intensive, um, I was living in the Silicon Valley, the business life, the pursuing career, technology, long hours, I need to make a name for myself, I need to get something going, what you were describing, Morgan. Mm -hmm. And in parallel, doing ministry, passionate about men's hearts and fighting for the hearts of men in the context of our local church, the ministry is growing, there is a lot of applause, there is a lot of validation to my labor in that, and one of the things that God brought up during the intensive through your teaching, through the counsel of the man was, you're searching for validation in these places. Um, what would it look like for you, Pablo, to give that up to me, says God. Give up? Give what up? We're fighting for the hearts of men. This is great. Ministry is growing. We're succeeding.
0: This is all good. It's mm-hmm. great
1: stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with that. We're working for a great company, making technology products that are helping people's lives or so I thought, and, and this is great, and I'm providing for my family, we're moving. It looks like if you give me the tips, we'll be able to take this ship and just go to the moon. Right. And then the invitation was the opposite. Take the lowest seat at the table, right? Focus on serving, drop the pencil at five o'clock and go home to be with your family and with your kids. And it was disruptive. It was really, really disruptive. But, they, but again, the question is, can I trust the heart of God? Can I trust that what he's inviting me into will lead me to the kind of life that he's promising? Or do I believe that my plan is better? And so we took a gamble and I came back and we shared that with my wife and she's totally on board, she wants me home. Obviously she doesn't mm. need a bigger paycheck, she needs her husband. Mm. And, and we took a gamble and we began to transition from a leadership role that I had at a tech company to an individual contributor role at a new company. And from there to moving to a place that was not as expensive as we were. And that journey allowed me to then begin to drop the pencil at five and go home and feel honestly that, no, I should be answering more email, I should be doing more here. I should be fighting for more. There, there, there is more I could have done. to Drop it, let it go. And over the course of time, beginning to see the effect of that. And then God invited us to move from the Bay Area to Colorado. In our case, in our story, that was clearly what God wanted from us. But it also implied sacrifice financially and career-wise. And then taking even a lower seat than I was before, it looked absurd. In the eyes of the world, I'm committing career suicide. Mm. But can I trust that in the process, what God is doing is shaping me into the man that he had planned when he thought mm. about me. Mm. And it's risky and it's a day-to-day risk and the bills come and it's not as easy to pay them as it was before. And then can we? the choices that we need to make financially are not as easy as they used to be. But then a couple of years, three years into that, now we're here in Colorado, we're living in a beautiful home that God provided for us and I'm just on the couch doing a staycation, Honestly, we didn't have the budget for a big vacation that year. So we stayed home and I was working in the house. And then I laid on the couch and I'm hugging my baby at the time. He was maybe a few months old. And my, other, my older boy is playing around and we're cracking up and we're playing in the house. And then my wife comes to me and he looks at me and he just, she just says, I love the man that you are becoming. Mm. It's worth it. It mm. was worth it. Mm. It was worth it it was the father coming to say look son the life that you want is available if you're willing to submit yourself to the process and consent and trust my heart for you would mm. you would you would you follow me in this direction right
3: i think the biggest thing that's coming up is i remember when i came home from the intensive and just giving myself permission for the decade and of really recognizing of how many shortcuts, like I just thought it was, you know, I used to, even in my therapy practice, I used to always call things like life hacks. And, you know, sure, like, I, I, you know, it gets me going, but the, the definition of hack means that there's a shortcut on some level of like, ooh, like, you, and like, just, okay, I can just be in process. I didn't have to have it all together. I could just be me in the process. And, you know, I'd been to boot camp, and I think I'd been to two advanced or maybe an advanced at that point. And my wife was like, wow, I don't know what happened, but like, I can tell the biggest change from the intensive. The feedback I got was you just seem more you. And that was like the biggest thing that really helped her along. She was having, at some point she was having a really hard time connecting with God and really trusting that he really loved her. And like, how do you like I didn't want to steamroll her with like, okay, like I'm on fire, like, let's go. And just like Mm -hmm. being tender to her heart. And it just allowed me the false comparison of other men around me or of whatnot, you know, just, I could just be me and I was finally available for her. And the fruit of that has just been epic. I mean, we're still in it. We're still in it, but I'm right there with her. And the feedback I get is that she trusts that I'm there with her. And that's like the best thing I could ever ask for. Mm -hmm. So again, I think just having always been around people who are older than me and more successful and feeling like I need to crank, just the ability to have almost like a framework or an orientation that it's not just passivity of choosing the lowest seat of the table, but it's actually like a really strong, hard choice <laughs> 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 to, to say no, right? Oh, Another man. one of those phrases, you know, mm-hmm. to practice your no, to empower your yes mm-hmm. or something similar and of, um, wow, like I can say no and I can just be me mm-hmm. and be a man of process.
0: Gang, I, I, I need to pause again for our listeners and say, okay, so man, woman, old, young, the, the things that we're talking about here will totally mm-hmm. change your life if you will begin to believe that they're true. We are talking about the Become Good Soil Intensive, and we are taking applications for that. It's a retreat that's geared towards men in their 30s, and therefore, I'm sorry guys, if you're 65, probably not gonna get in, but let me quickly say, but this is available on video and on audio. We have we have the Become Good Soil resource, mm-hmm. right? That um, people can listen to this, yeah. and they can dive into it, and women can listen to it to understand not just their men better, but also something of the process of life better. So this is available on our store and the Become Good Soil resource here on both video and audio, but we are in the process of taking applications. And who are you looking for, What's Who's the ideal applicant for this?
2: Yeah, John, I think like all of our events and everything we do at Ransom Heart, our posture is we walk with God and we pray, and we pray a lot over these applications um, because we simply ask God in humility Who are the men you have particularly for this event at this time? And so like Pablo said, you know, each year we even have um, a handful of returners. Even though there's very limited spots, we want to walk with God. If you are listening to this and your heart is saying, yes, I want that. And you are in your 30s. I mean, we'll have guys in their late 20s to early 40s because – it's, our intention is to have a peer group, and so that's a high value. But at the same time, we are looking for men who have contended with pain, have had a level of suffering. And one of the questions in the application is, how have you suffered? It's a really hard and holy question to face, but we do it intentionally because this is not designed for eager young men who are passionate that w- want to become who God made them to be in and of the- themselves. That's a good thing, but it's men who have hit roadblocks honestly and have come into a season of life through often through circumstances with career and marriage and kids, those sorts of things where they realize their life matters to other people they realize there are consequences significant ones to their decisions and they realize that part of life is behind them there's a sobriety and so we're looking for men that are absolutely thirsty men that are ready for the narrow road men that are willing to say i i would risk i would risk a short-term reward for something away if it truly could provide joy mm-hmm. and peace right. and a life that's that's very hard to put words to, but I would not trade anything mm-hmm. for this. Yeah,
0: how do they apply? What do they do? So
2: you go to ransomheart.com and go to our events section, and you'll find the intensives. And right now, as you as you mentioned, John, we've got one coming up in Colorado in next May, but we do the entire application process in the fall for that. It's a it's a really a year-long cycle. And so they can find all the information, description about the events and application. And if there are people out here that are just wondering i want to explore this more but i'm not yet sure becomegoodsoil.com is where we kind of house all things associated with this particular expression of Mm -hmm. our message Mm -hmm. so there's the become good soil podcast and blog and and the resources you mentioned john so if they go there you can dive deep and and walk with us as we walk deeper into this
0: Friends, we took a risk today of talking about a fairly small part of our world. The, the retreats actually only allow about 40 guys mm-hmm. in at a time. And I just knew if we got to telling some stories and we got to talking about our lives, that this would be universally applicable, that the invitation from God is an invitation to transformation. And it's not instant and it's not quick fix. And, and the idea that there are no shortcuts is at first infuriating and then immensely relieving because none of you have found them and you're mad that you haven't found them. Uh, and so the good news is they don't exist. Nobody else has found them. God is inviting us into a, a kind of intimacy with him, a kind of engagement with him, whether son or daughter, whether young or old, That that is utterly transformational, if we will give him our yes. And if we will, instead of looking for the instant fix, uh, that we begin to invite him into what's not working, we begin to invite him into the internal fears, the frustrations, and frankly, ultimately, our convictions about his heart toward us. We will invite him into that. Something really beautiful does begin to unfold. And and. What has unfolded is the entire story of ransomed Heart. I mean everyone mm-hmm. who works here, man and woman young and old have just simply given that yes and out of that has you know 20 years later is, is all of this, exactly. right which is just beautiful. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart podcast with uh, Morgan Snyder and then special guest this week, Grant and Pablo. Great to have you guys here. Thanks oh, for coming thanks in. so much. thank you for having
1: us.